This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu to download or purchase this book. The Philosophy of the Christian Curriculum, Russus J. Rushtuni, Ross House Books, Vallecito, California. Part 4 Chapter 1 The Philosophy of Discipline Before we can discuss the meaning of discipline, it is very necessary to make clear that it must not be confused with chastisement. Both words need careful definition. Chastise comes from the Latin castus, pure, chaste, and is related to chastity. Chastisement is not the same as punishment, which is a matter of retribution. Chastisement is corrective and merciful in purpose. Its meaning is very clear in Hebrews 12, 5-11. Chastening is there set forth as evidence of the father's love and concern for his sons and his correction of them. The word discipline is close to the word disciple. It means to make a disciple of someone, to drill and educate them, and to bring them into effective obedience to someone or something. Chastisement without discipline is ineffective. Too many parents think that by beating their children or scolding them endlessly, they will thereby discipline them effectively. Unless someone is first of all disciplined, chastisement accomplishes nothing. All that remains for that person is punishment and judgment. Discipline is instruction and guidance in an orderly way of life, which becomes second nature to the person involved. Army discipline used to be definable in those terms. In terms of the older and now obsolete army training, a soldier was trained and drilled to the point where his responses to certain situations, orders and crises would be automatic. It used to be commonplace for well-trained soldiers to describe how, in a critical situation, they reacted instantly and did all the right things without having a chance to think about them. Good, disciplined car drivers do the same. In a crisis, they react instantly and correctly before they realise that they have done so. Christian discipline is similar. The child is systematically trained in the faith, in knowledge of the Bible and its requirements, in every necessary area of study, and so thoroughly imbued with all this that it is part of his nature. He acts and reacts in terms of this. Christian discipline is a necessary part of sanctification. Basic to it is, regener- basic to it is regeneration. It is the regenerate man who is best disciplined because he has the foundation, a new nature, which is in full harmony with the discipline required of him. The more he grows in terms of that discipline, the more useful he becomes to his Lord. However, even without regeneration, Christian discipline accomplishes much. We know that in 1815, the average age of criminals in the US was 45. It took a person some years, however unregenerate, to throw off the discipline of the then universal Christian schooling. On the other hand, adults who today are converted but have a background of undisciplined home and school life, usually have an insuperable handicap to overcome. A man who can barely read and write, and whose ability to organise and order his life is almost nil, becomes, when converted, a redeemed child of God, but a very ineffective one. Christian discipline requires the cooperation of the church, home and school. The church is a seriously weak point in this situation. 
Sunday school discipline is usually weak, and chastisement is lacking. The adult church members are themselves undisciplined, and the church teaches little to remedy the situation. Godly sanctification requires discipline. Too many pastors and churches prefer to substitute enthusiasm for discipline, and this aggravates the problem, because nothing can take the place of discipline. In enthusiasm, I am sovereign, not God. I become excited about something, and I respond to it. It is my choice. In Christian discipline, I know that, because I belong to the Lord. It is my duty, privilege, and joy to do that which God requires of me. I act as a disciple, not as a Lord. It is the duty of the church to teach discipline and discipleship. Parents and children need to be instructed in the meaning and requirements of discipline systematically. In almost all churches today, a high percentage of the children and youth show an obvious lack of discipline. The Christian school should encourage friendly churches to teach and preach on discipline. There are many excellent texts in Scripture on the subject, especially in Deuteronomy and Proverbs. Consider Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Lists of verses, information on the Christian school, and a note on the need for church, home and school to work together to teach discipline should go to churches annually. Parents need to be told that they are not paying for the Christian school to take over the problem of education and discipline from their hands, but to assist the parent in that task. Written statements, not only of policy, but of cooperation, should go to all parents. Parents emphatically do not like to be told how to handle their own children. So, any statement requires tact and intelligence. It should be stressed that discipline requires the cooperation of church, school and family. Each has its own distinctive task and cannot infringe on the other. The school, to discharge its own responsibility with respect to discipline, must itself be disciplined. This too is often lacking. The better schools seek continually to grow in their ability to teach, in their knowledge of subjects and in their own faith. Some schools hold annual teachers' meetings to work on the improvement of instruction. Others take part in regional conferences. In one way or another, the school has an obligation to be disciplined. Undisciplined schools and teachers cannot be productive of disciplined students. Moreover, church discipline is not into the life of the family, the church or the school, but into life under God, wherever we are. We are told of Hebrew education in the light of Scripture that its purpose is, quote, to educate the child in order to fit him to be a servant of God. It is education of children for God, end quote. Early Roman education, on the other hand, quote, was not the transmission of knowledge, it was the transmission of tradition, end quote. Our discipline is a failure if its essential nature is a transmission of a tradition, Presbyterian, Baptist, Episcopal, or whatever you choose. The tradition may be a good one, but the purpose of discipline should be a greater goal, discipleship in Christ. Towards this discipline, church, school, and home each have their distinctive contribution to make, to prepare the child for the highest competency in life in the discharge of his calling under God. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts, 
where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.